This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Jim McCormick of agmarket.net for our opening market discussion. Jim, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? Well, good morning, but unfortunately, we are seeing pressure across the, across the specter, plain and simple, corn, beans, wheat, you name it. The grain market is under pressure uh, as we uh, go out, come out of the overnight market before the day session. Better weather prospects for South America getting rain. We do have the golden roll starting up here. And just technically, I think the market's just a little bit disappointed. There's a lot of traders thought, and I mean, the charts gave us on the corn market a double bottom here on January. And, uh, you know, we took out that double bottom low last night. So technically, it's just a very frustrating market as well as kind of a fundamentally negative market because we're in a way, Mark, we're, we're in a market in search of demand. The demand has been OK, but nothing to really get the you know, buyers to come in and say, I need to buy it. It's, it's value. Just we thought we'd seen it. But at this point, obviously making new lows. We're not there yet. So did something change in the South American weather forecast? Because it did seem like earlier this week it was going the other way where the market was moving in anticipation of maybe some bad weather for Argentina. Well, right now, I think some of the models are trying to bring the rain back in. Maybe we got some heat here. But over the next two weeks, the one forecast I saw this morning said they will be bringing rain back in. The other thing, Mark, is I think we do have a USDA crop report coming out on Thursday. And domestically, we're not looking for really any big adjustments. Usually, the government's very hesitant to make really big adjustments on the domestic side. The revisions tend to come on the world side of production. But as we get closer to it, I think the bulls are fearful that they're just not going to get the hard cut in Brazil that they want. Uh, you know, we got to get that yield in Brazil below 100, or that production, excuse me, below 150 million metric tons. The USDA has them, I believe, around 157. The odds are they're just not going to cut it below 150. The government likes to walk it down, not run it down per se. So maybe they're bracing for potentially just kind of a disappointing. Then some of the that bearishness, or excuse, you know, the bullishness of the Brazil crop being lowered, there is some talk that the Argentina crop, which has been overall pretty good, is what the aspect, a lot of the rhetoric has been, might even offset it a little bit. They may trick, you know, bump that up just a little bit. Jim, also, what is the current situation right now in the Middle East and how it relates to the oil price? Well, right now, the Middle East is still a huge problem. I mean, the reality is this. Um, it, it is a huge problem, but you saw the surge in crude oil got up near 80, and now it's kind of back back down again. It's back to the middle of the range, and that's kind of what we do. We we shift it up. We push it back down. Now, I think maybe the Middle East were kind of just waiting, letting the dust settle, maybe, I guess you could say. I mean, we knew what was going on. The Houthis were attacking some of the ships, but we know we went after a lot of you know, Iranian proxy targets there just a few, what, a little over a week ago. And um, I, I think we're kind of, the world's just kind of holding its breath to see how that plays out. Because if you can't get that grain through the Red Sea, through, you know, the Suez Canal, grain, energies, anything, it is going to reroute it around Africa, just like we're rerouting some stuff around South America due to the Panama Canal drought situation. It just drives the cost up. It drives the delays up, and that potentially is inflationary, which becomes a problem for the Fed. The Fed is trying to fight inflation. If we think the inflation dragon has been slayed, the Fed can lower interest rates. But if this inflation rally starts to perk back up, the Fed won't want to cut its rates. So uh, that's kind of the tightrope we're walking right now. On the other side of the ag marketplace, what's happening with the livestock where cattle had a big day yesterday? 
Yeah, uh, you know, as bearish and gloom and doom and gloom as the beans have been, the cattle market have been the star of the market right now. They've been in a nice uptrend since December. Uh, they took out the 100-day moving average a couple days ago. Then they went back and tested it, held it, and they blew through the 200-day yesterday on these April cattle. I think their next target is now to go fill that gap at 190.27. And I will honestly, Mark, I think there's a shot you'll see print a 200 on these April cattle. I have 199.82, whereas everyone remember thought we'd see that 200 print. We didn't get it. We might just get it this second go around. The reality is the supply of cattle is still very tight. And on top of it, though, we've got a very good demand structure for the most part. The consumer at this point has not pulled back his spending. The jobs number on Friday showed that the economy is still rolling around, rolling along strong. Excuse me. So you look at the combination of tight beef supplies combined with a strong economy going into springtime. And it, as we were talking off air, it feels like it's going to be an early spring. You know, the groundhog here in Chicago area, the groundhog out east said, hey, it is going to be an early spring. And right now here in Chicago, it's actually going to be, a, it feels like a spring day here in February. And I think that just brings the grills out earlier than normal. And hopefully that'll just keep, keep driving this cattle market higher. And Jim, as that relates to cattle as well, how has this weather, this more mild weather pattern that we've been receiving in the Midwest, has that spread to all areas of the country? And have we been able to fill out some of that pasture ground a little bit more with some grass after we've had such dry periods of drought and long stretches that have affected the cattle herd so much? We have. I don't think we've completely healed up, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at where a lot of those storms have swung, they swing low south. They go through the Texas, Tennessee, into the southern basin. And that is bringing moisture into that. So, no, I think in general, you have to argue we are healing up. I think the bullseye of the drought right now, unfortunately, is in your neck of the woods in Iowa. But if you put a drought map on top of one left to right of where we were a year ago, you there, you can't deny it. We are healing up. We are building back soil moisture in a lot of locations. And uh, we'll see how the spring proceeds. But right now, I would argue at least a good chunk of the country is looking very good. Like I said, Iowa is probably the one area we need to keep an eye on. Iowa is still very short, that subsoil moisture. And you're dead on with that, Jim. We're feeling a little picked on here in the state, especially northeast Iowa, where it is very, very dry still. Let's talk one more point here, Jim. What's taking place with the hog market? Hog market, I think it had a pretty good run. It's correcting back a little bit. It took out to a 200-day yesterday on April. That put a little bit of pressure on the market. A little bit leery, you know, a little bit disappointing demand. Uh, you know, I think there are some traders that are hoping to see China come in and buy some pork in front of their Lunar New Year. I don't believe they've been there into the market like people had hoped. So maybe a little bit of a correction and maybe also mark a little bit of buy cattle type of trade. So I think it's going to pull back a little bit. But if this cattle market keeps working higher, that will kind of give you that rising tide, lift all ship approach, and that should be somewhat supportive of the hogs, hopefully. Jim McCormick of agmarket.net, our guest here today. Jim, I know you just had your big conference in Nashville. I hope the conference went well, but what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with the team at agmarket.net for all of that great information? I'm going to tell you, it went well. It was a beautiful in Nashville. We will be doing it again next year. It's always the weekend before Super Bowl, so you want to cheer on your favorite team. You don't have to worry about missing it. But yeah, if you have any questions about what we had to set in our conference, what we found out, give any of the Ag Market brokers a call at 844-424-6758. Jim McCormick with agmarket.net. Thanks so much for the time. As always, Jim, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week. The same to you and your listeners. That was Jim McCormick with agmarket.net. It is time now for a check of the numbers. March corn down five and three quarters at 433 even. March soybeans down 18 even at 11.81 and a half. March soybean meal down $4.50 at 354.30. 
March soybean oil down 56 cents at 45.38. Chicago wheat up a quarter of a cent at 5.95 and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat down one and three quarters at 6.91 and a half, and Kansas City hard red wheat down three and three quarters at 6.14 and three quarters. March oats up two even at 3.80 even. On the Merck, February live cattle down 32 cents at 182.67. March feeder cattle up 52 cents at 247.20. April lean hogs up a dollar and seven cents at 82.32. April pork cutout down a dollar ten at 89.40. And Class 3 milk for February down 9 cents at 16.26. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.